Hey, this is Brent Ingersoll. You are listening to the Speaking of podcast. Today we're speaking of the spiritual realities that are in this world. Angels, demons, the Holy Spirit, God, the devil, all of it. It's exciting. We're talking with Dan Lamus, Anthony Moore, and my friend, Mike Miller, pastor of Nova Church. Hope you enjoy today's talk on the Speaking of podcast. Here it is. How are you guys, my friends? We are good. It's a, good. It's a trop, tropical day here in Halifax. Look at it that. looks like it. It looks like a nice it's not. It's not. <laughs> Look at how it's overcast cold. it is. It is beautiful. Beautiful gray sky. Gray behind you. Yep, beautiful. Those gray skies are going to, they're going to, is it clear up? They're and then clear up. I got, I got help today. That's so, right. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, buddy. buddy. He's my buddy, so Let's, we're in this together. Uh, you know what, Mike? We're me and you are at different stages in dog ownership. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to get Anthony on board, and by trying to get Anthony, you know what? Uh, if Crystal's watching, she should go hang out with, uh, with Nancy. Should. Nancy Miller is the closer. She's, uh, Nancy, I she's very, Nancy, she's very persistent. Yeah. A great debt of gratitude to uh, Nancy Miller. Uh, I, there would be no Lewis. There would be no Clive Staples, Lewis Ingersoll, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Nancy. So, so yep. uh, but Dan is at another stage in in his in his ownership of, of his dogs. We got our first dog in our household in 2007. So wow, 13 years wow. now, and then wow. we got a second dog, uh, probably around 2010, maybe, and he is actually. We, when we got him, he was already three or four years old. So he is actually 14. So Whoa. we got, we got two, two very senior dogs and a senior cat in our house. Senior cat. All, wow. of, our, all of our kids have moved out and they left the pets. A senior <laughs> cat. None, none of our dogs, none of our kids want to take our animals, <laughs> their animals. Nice. They tell me, we're going to get a puppy, Dad. I'm like, I've got two right here. <laughs> You can have these guys. Well, there's two types. Of, there's two types of friends I have: friends and those that have cats. Oh, <laughs> I have two cats, Mike. My cat Ooh. is very uncat. He's 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 sort of a yeah. dog. Mm. Denial denial is more than a river in Egypt. That's all I gotta say. Denial. Oh, oh my. Oh, okay. oh dad well, joke. Let's go jump in. We are. On the Speaking of podcast, and uh, it's a place where I have conversations with friends of mine and just talking about stuff that's of interest or applicable and uh, long-form discussion, just a good chance to, to have just meaningful conversations, and I hope it's helpful to ever tuning in today. We're live on this one, so we got people tuning in on Facebook Live. If right. you have comments or questions, we'll do our very best to uh, keep track, but if not... Uh, we'll probably be just, we'll probably be just fine between the four of us uh, having some discussion. That's part of the part of the fun of this podcast is just talking to friends of mine who I'm talking to all the time. And uh, I have with me here today uh, people who probably, if you've been following along with me, need no introduction. Uh, but we got the guy that's in sunny Halifax uh, with the Corona beard today, Mr. Mike Miller. Uh, yeah. it's so good to be here man thank you for jumping on with us i know uh we, we appreciate it so it was fun last time we never actually got to get to the topic that we're going to discuss today so 
So I'm not, I'm not convinced we're going to get to it tonight either. So. There's no, there's, <laughs> there's no promise. Is there a place to wager on this? Yeah. So we could go a wide, wide variety of ways. But, uh, and then of course we got, uh, we got down live in the studio. We got, uh, Anthony Moore, Yay. uh, down, down where all the, uh, King's church broadcast magic happens. Yeah, are, those, are those succulents on the wall? These things right here. Uh, yes. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. And then we've that's got, awkward. Uh, that's awkward. Yeah. The man, uh, the man himself, Mr. Dan Lamus with us. Yes. So yes. gentlemen, want to jump right in um so again we don't the the reason we're on this this conversation is uh, about a month ago we came on advertised that people were very excited to talk and to uh, maybe have a conversation or hear a conversation surrounding uh the spiritual world uh the you know as, as christians we believe that uh, there's more going on in in the grand scheme of things than just flesh and blood and day and night. Like there is this whole spiritual reality, and that's one of the main things about being a believer. Except as believers, we have a wide array of maybe questions and opinions and and discussion points on the matter. And you know, all of us are involved in ministry, and I get a lot of questions about it, and don't get often uh, the chance to speak to it in any type of uh long form and so you know we came on here about a month ago to try to have a discussion and uh we we got coveted so yeah, we, we started yeah. to talk we covid did. and it was a great conversation and yeah. it was healthy and I'm, i don't i have no no regrets mm-hmm. but uh i did get some some like com- some email just hey i was hoping you'd talk about uh, angels and demons so here we are to talk about the spirit reality the the reality mm-hmm. of the unseen world and uh again we're gonna just kind of jump in at a sort of a an understanding that that's a thing if uh you aren't convinced of that we're gonna we're gonna need to back up the truck and have a more apologetics metaphysical grand conversation but that's not going to be our purposes today we're going to start with there is a spiritual reality at work that you just can't necessarily always see with your eyes uh but you can uh it's very active so anyway that is that that is the purpose of the conversation uh let's jump into our conversation i'm going to give a transition a transition sound transition sound effect you ready waiting yes that was it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> a little underwhelming okay no, no. Uh. Yep. yeah so gentlemen one of the things obviously we're gonna we're gonna get to the bible and we'll get to like what the scriptures say uh but this is one of those conversations that um obviously we want to be biblically informed but people have a wide opinion base and i think it's gonna be interesting to talk to you guys to get you know what is your What's kind of your history? Let me maybe let me frame the question like this. Let's go around and I'd love to get your how you understand the reality of angels and demons and the spiritual world and how you came to kind of develop that. What what's your history with this? Because I think all of us probably have some years in the tank uh following Jesus, and this hasn't been an overnight, overnight, you know theology that we've built so what what's your story 
and what are you learning and, and what has brought you to this point on the conversation surrounding the spiritual realm? Who wants to go first? I think Anthony should go first. Okay. We can do it. Uh, first of all, I think I need to just, I think I need to hold this up. There we go. I don't know if that's backwards or not. It's true. All of it. It's, it's true. All of it. It's uh, a little Star Wars. Oh, there it is right there. Uh, okay. So, Punch and Chewy. I just realized this is like a virtual man cave. You guys are all hiding from your families. And you're calling it ministry. Look, no, full disclosure, my podcast dwells in the man cave squarely. So it is what it is. Uh Okay, uh, I'm going to give you the Coles notes. Um, so started, started um, kind of as a kid, I understood Bible, I understood angels, I understood demons, um, you know, growing up from, a, from that was my original uh, exposure, right, to, and then um, I remember just from, you know, leading along the way, uh, I read a book back in the 80s, Mike, you probably remember this one, maybe Dan, uh, maybe Brent, but uh, <laughs> a maybe. little bit younger. Maybe. I know, I know what you're. It's, gonna... called, it's called this. This present darkness. Ah. Oh yeah, Francis, yeah. So Francis Frangipane or uh, uh, no. uh, Peretti. Frank Peretti. 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 Yes. Yes. Take it back. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Frenzel. Frenzel too. That's right. Blew my mind. Anyway, so I got I got sucked into that and very much. And it, it sure it's fiction, but it definitely uh, definitely opened my mind to the reality that it actually sort of put a spotlight on the reality that there actually are um, there are spiritual things going on around us. Uh, fast forward to um, fast forward to probably late teens. I had a powerful encounter with the Lord that was beyond anything that I could uh have faked or reproduced definitely um won't get into that but it's it was very much a, a formative event in my life uh then my late 20s i've had some sort of weird and wacky um experiences you know in the sleeping hours and the you know the, the early hours of the morning some dreams and some other experiences uh, and then uh, probably later on, I have had, um, I read a book, um, which Dan, I think knows about this book by a guy by the name of Blake Healy, and it's called The Veil. And it definitely, uh, I know, I in, you recommended it to me. That's right. Anyway, it's super formative. The guy basically um, is not the only one that I've heard of, but, and I've definitely heard voices, but he basically can see, um, grew up seeing, uh, spiritually, like in the spirit realm with his eyes. Like he like could, his, he could, he could actually, it, yeah, legit with his eyeballs, um, see, see angels and demons basically. Hmm. And so, uh, that's kind of a, that's a super brushed over, but they're there. And, and not to mention that I've had, you know, other powerful encounters with the Lord throughout, um, the last, probably seven or eight years that have been marking times in my life. Uh, but never, I, I'm and specifically about angels and demons and what sort of articulates that. Um, 
you know, the, the, the outside of those things, the reality is, is that we, it's all over the Bible. Yeah. You know, I was reading in Genesis how, you know, uh, that, that an angel went before uh, uh, Abraham's servant. I think it was Abraham's servant who went, yes, it was Abraham's servant who went to look for a wife for Isaac that an angel went ahead and we just kind of like brush that over. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whatever angel. Okay. It's about Isaac finding a wife. It's actually, wait a second. There's an angel that was dispatched yeah. to, to find, to help find yeah. direct and find a wife for Isaac. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like we, we, I don't know something with our, anyway, I'm, I'm getting off into the weeds here, but I just want, that's my story. Um, biblically based, biblically formed, uh, and I have read uh, accounts and testimonials of people who who have seen things more than I, and um, yeah, that's where I get my my shaped yeah. paradigm from. I uh, I grew up in a very charismatic church. My parents were radically saved. Like I grew up the most Christian home you could think of, but my story starts like all of ours st- story starts before us. And my parents had a radical transformation. My mother was suicidal. She almost killed me and my sister when I was four months of age. My sister was five with drugs and she was suicidal. And my dad was a drunk and, and God stepped in and saved them and radical transformation. So my memories are of a Christian home, but the story was so radical. I knew early on that like something had happened at like more than just um, a choice, joining a club, changing our community, something massive happened. So, mm. but I grew up in a charismatic church that was really founded in the charismatic renewal. And if you know anything about those times or had experiences or your parents, like it was all, everything went. Mm. And like, and that was normal for me. Like five hour services on Sunday nights were normal. We were, you know, we, we had more meetings in AA. We were in church right. all the time. And, but like crazy stuff, like, like you name it, stuff happening. Mm. And grew up under that. Um, but because of that, I was always aware of the spiritual and, you know, always, I always felt like there was, you know, God was watching me and not in a bad way, in a great way. I always felt like I was a part of a larger story. Heaven was real. Heaven was watching. We talk so much about heaven. I don't think we talk enough about heaven now. We maybe talk too much about heaven before, but it was always like, just hang on. And, you know, we're heading to, and I like, you know, the jokes as church kids. Like we would lay out clothes on the floor and try to convince our siblings the rapture happened, you know, like that's the house I grew up in. Right. Like, like it was, I, you know, we watched it. Thank God for Carmen, Google Carmen. He's right next to, he's right next to Blockbuster, like extinct, like, like the witch's incantation and champion. So I grew up on that. And then what happened was something shifted in my early teens where I was trying to live for God. I loved Jesus. I love the church. I love my parents, but I felt mm-hmm. like there was a disconnect. I wasn't living two, li- two lives. I wasn't a, a hypocrite, but I felt like I didn't want my lives to join. So I was the same kid at school as I was at church. I wasn't, you know, doing all this stuff. I just didn't want them to merge. I was a good kid, mm-hmm. but I wasn't um, a godly kid. And then mm-hmm. I started despising things. The Bible says don't despise prophecy. Because these prophets would come in or, you know, I think most of them ran a nonprofit ministry. I'm not sure they were actually prophets, but they'd come in and Father's Day, dad jokes are flying. So get it, man. But but they come in and every prophet would say the same thing. They'd prophesy over the pastor's kid, right? On the front row. And Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, what about the kid in the back? Or what about the guy, you know? And then I 
I started despising it, but then God started really stirring something up. And long story short, I had a couple of really key moments of spiritual intervention in church where someone who doesn't know me read my mail in a positive way, spoke mm-hmm. things that were in my heart, dreams mm-hmm. that I'd never put to words, but it wasn't like, oh, that's weird. It's like, I know that's true. Yeah. And then I had a real moment of Holy Spirit baptism on a missions trip with the Mennonite brethren at uh, 19 years of age. And a miracle happened. And then I started seeing God speak to me in a way I started desiring it. And the Bible says, desire these things. And I don't get time to tell the stories, just things I shouldn't have known, words of knowledge, things where mm-hmm. like naming yeah. unborn babies that no one's told their name. I'm like, I know your baby's name. Is your baby's name this? And people are like freaking, like weird stuff. And not for the sake of, you know, like parlor tricks, like, oh yeah, you know. Right. But like literally in that moment and then having a door to speak into someone's life, like, you know, knowing about abortions that happen in counseling, knowing about, you know, abuse, the names of people that have abused people, like crazy mm-hmm. stuff that I thought, what is happening right now? Right. And on this journey, realizing that the, re- the unseen is more real than the seen. Yeah. that the spirit realm is there and then seeing things, you know, live, living in, in, in Africa for four months and former Soviet union for four months being around different places. I, I saw some things when you start preaching the gospel, mm-hmm. I've said, I've seen people that were friendly and kind and gentle and soft. all of a sudden something happened and they are growling and their eyes are rolling back and people are praying. Mm-hmm. And I remember fear hitting me. Because in those countries, it was like, oh, yeah, this happens when the gospel is preached. And I remember thinking, oh, God. And I went home confessing mm-hmm. sins I never even committed. Because I thought, oh, God, like like possession yeah. and demons are – and I knew it was real up here. Yeah. But when I started seeing some stuff, I'm like, oh, God, I need to live right. It wasn't just, okay, if my pastor sees or my parents That's, sees or yeah. – yes. I, aw- I was aware that there was a realm and a fighting over my life, that there is yeah. evil. In this yeah. last season, you know, especially in Nova Scotia, the tragedies that we've seen in the last few months, you know, there's more than just, and I believe mental illness is chemical. I believe it can be environmental. I believe that. I believe, you know, I've been on anxiety medicine myself. I believe all that, but there is another form of evil that I believe is beyond environmental or Mm -hmm. chemical. And we've seen it in history. I don't think anything can describe it or make sense of it outside of pure evil outside of experiences or chemicals and so I am more aware than other. I'm just, a, I'm also in a season of Christianity. Maybe you guys would echo this or maybe you wouldn't where Christianity feels more like a life choice, a community, a culture, a club, uh, an organization that take it or leave it. I grew up like it was, you know, the songs were, you know, the cross before me, the world behind me, the none go with me, like yeah. count the cost, tell them stories of missionaries and murders and you know, all these things. And I feel like we've kind of shifted so far the other way. It's all about earth and now, and I believe we need to be in the streets more than we need to be thinking about, you know, the streets of heaven, how are we going to affect our city? But I do feel like the biggest tendency and I'm preaching now, but the biggest tactic of, of the devil, and I believe in the devil people, if you can't, if you believe in angels, you believe in demons, you can't separate them. Correct. You believe in God, you believe in the devil. You can't pick and choose. Right. And I believe the biggest tactic of the enemy is to not feel like he's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. All these other, all these other countries, it's like the devil is real. Here, it's like no, no. I, I don't think even demonic activity manifests like it does. I think it manifests more like this in churches. 
Yes. Ooh. And more more of the Come Karen spirit. More of the Karen spirit. Uh, <laughs> the Karen spirit. Wow. Yes. Spirit of oh, Karen. Jesus' name. My and, mom's uh, my mom's name's Karen, and I was yes. that she is no Karen. <laughs> anyway. Karen doesn't want to speak to the to Jesus, wants to speak to the manager. Come on. And right. uh yep. but yep. I think it's like it's more of a criticism, uh lethargic and apathy. Because if it if in our churches, if someone ever manifested the way we've seen in other countries, we would confess sins. There would be revival. People would be paying their tithes and yes. shutting off their internet and yep. confessing. So yep. I believe it's real. It's real. It's real. And I say, I've seen too much in my life where God's worked through me or he's yep. ministered to me. That was Come more on. than just education, more Come than on. just positive thinking of you're going to do great things. Like, I mean, so specific. I'm like, my God, you can't, yep. it's impossible for that to happen. So I believe it's really real. It's for me at my core. Yeah, and yeah. now I'm trying to push into it, even as a church, saying there's more. There's more than just positive thinking. We can be better, do better, and be good people. It's true. true. All of it. All of it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I, I have like 10, th- 10 leaping points from everything you just said that I'm going to circle yeah. back to. But let's, let's finish story time. Kind yeah. of get, I think between our four stories, we can kind of get some threads and stuff we can start working from later yeah. in the conversation. Dan, what's, what's been your journey? Yeah, my journey, um, of course, I grew up, you know, in kind of Sunday school world. I grew up, I was a pastor's kid. Uh, so I grew up knowing the stories of the Bible right from the start. And I grew up in an age where people didn't tame down the stories of the Bible. Like they were, hmm. I mean, they were just taught as violent as they were. We'd sit, right. in, sit in Sunday school and we'd hear, we'd hear just the raw stuff. And it wasn't like people tried to make it sweet and, and nice the whole time. Uh, and so I grew up understanding that there was more going on than uh, than just what was happening at my school or just what was happening in my living room. There was a whole other realm of activity going on uh, that could at any moment affect, you know, my my kind of physical experience I was having that day. And so I really looked at the Bible and and I and I read I heard stories about Joseph and Daniel and others where uh, they dreamt and they had such vivid dreams. And uh, I just assumed as a little kid, that's what would happen to any Christian. And I just remember from a very early age, having very vivid dreams. And I think I assumed without anybody telling me that God was going to meet me in my dreams, that God was going to tell me things in my dreams. I needed to know I was going to get advice in dreams. I was going to, Life was going to make sense in my dreams because that seemed to be the way it worked for Bible characters I was hearing about, learning about. And so I would say that for me, uh, dreaming actually encouraged me as a little kid. I I felt a lot of pressure on me. Um, I was fourth of five kids. Uh, My mom tells me that that I uh, really uh, had had a, a high IQ as a kid. And so I was always pushed to the head of my classes. Um, and I was always kind of physically a little bigger than the other kids and a little, little bit of an early bloomer. And so I was always kind of, my friends thought it was awesome. I always felt very self-conscious about it. So I, I was having this experience and I was a pastor's kid. Come on, everybody's supposed to be like the pastor's kid, all that kind of stuff. And so I felt in every place I looked in my world, I was being pushed to be amazing. And it had this strange effect on me. I just shriveled up under it. And I hid away and I began to just kind of shrink back in life 
in my earliest memories of what the unseen is like. You know, the Bible says we fix our eyes on what is unseen mm. because what is unseen is eternal. What's seen is just temporary. Somehow I was picking up on, on something uh, when I was 12, 13, 14 years old. And that was that no matter what happened around me, the unseen realm knew who I really was. I just had this sense. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but I just had this sense that Jesus, the angels and the demons all knew who I was and that somehow, somehow Jesus had my back and he was going to make sure that, uh, that I wasn't going to disappear in life. I was actually going to have a real life, but I was, I was afraid as a kid. And, um, so as I came through middle school and high school, I just kind of, kind of survived it, but I landed in Bible college. Man, there's so much to tell. I feel like I'm just, I don't know if it's making uh, it. it. It is. It's, it's given us jumping points, but yeah. So I land, so I land in, in Bible college and I began to learn about prayer and revival. And I began to realize that God had an agenda, that life wasn't human beings giving God permission to do things on the earth. It wasn't, human beings inviting God to show up. It was God is doing stuff and we may just miss it. Hmm. And so I began to realize revival was there if I wanted to go after it. So I just began to pray like crazy as a Bible college student. And when you do that, you're going to start experiencing more dreams. You're going to start experiencing God talking to you. Uh, And I began to learn how to do that in a very simple way. Um, And uh, then came along an artist named Keith Green come on way back in the eighties, a long time ago now. And he was very radical, but, but he really, uh, he really captured my imagination. He had a huge influence on me long distance as a recording artist and as a missionary. And uh, so in the process of that, um, I realized that God was actually inviting me out of that hidden place I had been in. And so I, I felt like, uh, even in the midst of that, uh, I I began to depend on uh, the unseen realm being a huge partner for me. And there, I guess, I guess I'll sum up my young adult years this way saying I would not have attempted half of what I attempted if it wasn't for the angelic hmm. pulling me oh. out into it. If wow. it wasn't for heaven saying, we need you to show up on earth in your earthly situations, we will not let you hide. You have to do this. Even mm-hmm. if it costs you your life, you've got to come out of hiding because mm-hmm. you've got to do this. And I, and, and I, it's not like I ever heard an angel say that, but I just knew it. And so huh, then there was this other angel named Linda Porter stepped into my life. And she, she totally like pulled me out of my shell. I need to say that. Yeah. Uh, and in partnership with, with, with the Holy Spirit and with the angelic, man, my whole adult life has been that journey and I've found myself so many times standing alone without a lot of my companions in ministry, but I knew I was in the right place where I needed to be. And so I found um, in the midst of that, this will be my last thing, Brent. I discovered uh, Neil Anderson and the bondage breaker mm-hmm. and that whole approach Huge resource. And yeah. that, that really, that restored my confidence. I could actually deal with demons because up to that point, I was scared to death of ever having to deal with a demon. But Neil Anderson taught me that the only, the only power the enemy has is to lie to you. Mm. 
Yes. If you, if you know the truth, you've got the weapon you need. doesn't matter how scary the enemy tries to come at you. Mm-hmm. The only power he has is to get you to believe a lie. And that changed mm-hmm. my life right there. Yeah. yeah. And it's just everything. So there's lots more, but that's, I'll stop there. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good leaping point for me because you said some stuff that, you know, lends into my story um, because it's different than yours, Dan, that you you seem to have a a pretty active understanding of the relationship of God's grace in in real time, like the not just God's grace, but like the reality of this. Let me use the word like the spirit realm. Right. There's a there's this other dimension to reality that's at work and you seem to have uh, a grasp on the fact that these things are connected. Um, even, even I know you're using it tongue in cheek to, you know, to, to refer to Linda as an angel, like she's not actually an angel, but that just speaks to, she, sorry, she, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I want to, I want to, I want to set this up because the, the reality is I, from my journey, I had a hard time getting past metaphor into actuality. Mm. like that these were you know even as a even as a kid you know it's funny i i I so often like look back on the things that i believed in over the last 20 30 years of my life and it wasn't i can't say that anybody taught me wrong i I had a great upbringing part of a great and healthy church but for whatever reason it wasn't until my mid-teens, until probably my mid-20s, that this journey of awakening to the supernatural, and I would even say like what, what unbelievers would like call like paranormal, like mm-hmm. thing, things that are going on that are just, they, they defy, you know, your five senses. It's, there's another mm-hmm. component there. Mm-hmm. And there was a real journey for me that, you know, in hindsight, I, I see that was there my whole life. Like some of my earliest childhood memories are night terrors. I can actually remember being like a two-year-old child, actually like having a, like a, a, a dream slash again, that, that sleep state is a great space for, for God to speak or the, or the mm-hmm. enemy to speak. And I can remember being very young, having night terrors. One of my earliest childhood memories is being wrapped up in a, like a giant st- like snake basically and being constricted, you know, we all have nightmares, but there was, there's something other on some of these things that I had as a child. And I even remember being probably nine, eight years old. And the, the, the kid next door, he was probably, he would have been closer to, to, to Mike or Anthony's age. He's maybe uh, seven or eight years older than me. And he was outside, I was outside with this guy and we didn't really hang out together and he started speaking to me in like another voice and i ran i ran home into the house and that was that and he actually was saying i'm a demon i'm a demon i'm a demon i didn't even know what that was you know being a little kid i ran home and forgot about it and then not till way later in my life you know when i had this whole awakening to all this stuff did i start tracking back on just times where that spiritual realm was poking through and poking at me. And actually I, I view it as the grace of God trying to wake me up, you know, mm-hmm. even the demonic poking at me, God is allowing that to happen. And, and, and mm-hmm. because it's causing me to get out of that slumber that was already spoken to that. I want to talk about in just a minute, yep. just this re- the great tactic of the enemy to convince us, especially here in the West that he's not there. Oh, but yeah. um, so that, that was kind of my, my, my childhood experience. And then Basically put it to sleep 
for the next, you know, however many years till I was probably 15, I was probably 15 years old um, at Caton's Island camp. And this is where mine and Anthony's stories actually got intertwined. This is where the fellowship of the ring began. This is, <laughs> this is the moment um, for real. We joke it about it. We it joke is. about it, but That's there true. has been this uncanny thing yeah. that God has done in our lives where he brought us together and he did it through, he did it through this. We were, um, at, at summer camp, Christian camp, and I had no grid for this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a middle, there's just this middle of the night kind of paranormal occurrence that happened where there was a demonic attack on our, on our cabin, basically where multiple campers saw, mm-hmm. and then we all woke up to like the fear and then all could feel oppression, like in, in the cabin. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a, like this moment of like the, my whole world changed in that moment. Yeah. Like the, there, I had no grid for the spiritual world. And literally that night I was 15 years old. Anthony was like the co-counselor at yep. the time. And I, I hopped in, I was so, so afraid. I hopped into Anthony's bunk and like slept beside him <laughs> and legitimately yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I look at that and I don't want to get all teary and mushy here, but I look at that as like a prophetic moment mm-hmm. uh, of what he's been for what you've been for me and what Anthony's been for me for my life really since wow. then. It's just been a shield. Um, huge. I mean, it's it, I'll, I'll start crying if I think about it too much. But um, anyway, so that uh, that moment happened. And I, I went into a vor- like a downward spiral of night terrors. And basically the enemy, I look back on that time, got a foothold of fear. And I started having demonic night, like night terrors, seeing things like just, just mm-hmm. a lot of crazy stuff. I saw and experienced and heard uh, a lot of crazy stuff uh, from the years. So I was about 15 till about 20 when I finally decided to go to, um, to Bible college felt the call in my life. And I went there and um, I don't know what, whether it was because uh, I surrendered my life in such a way that the devil maybe stopped, but that, that represented a shift. And it started to get, I started to get more and more faith uh, in God's authority. And as I was awakening to the reality, it's interesting. Like I had this awakening to the spiritual reality, but only the dark part. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until yeah. it wasn't until I was in college and Jesus got a hold of my life and I, and he started to actually flex in my life mm-hmm. and I started to see him move in power and that it wasn't just that there was a devil and demons could actually do things in real time but I was I was actually having experiences with God and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and so the, the the equation in my mind started balancing out where it's like okay if the devil is real. You know, it's the opposite, Mike, of what you were saying. Like, if God is real, then the devil's real. I was having the opposite. Like, if the devil's mm-hmm. real, then God is real. Right. If demons are real, yeah. then the Holy Spirit is active and there are angels. And I started to balance it out. And something happened in those years I was in college where, you know, I still had night terrors and stuff, but the foothold was gone. I started to re- recognize the authority that I have. And I, I, I don't have any fear uh, anymore, really, of the mm-hmm. demonic at all. Um, in fact, the moments that I've had encounters, I've, I've kind of just taken my place and I've learned how to do that, but that's been a journey. And even, you know, and I want to get to this later, but I'll throw this little piece of my story. I'd say the last six or seven years has actually been more about 
coming awake to the reality of the angelic, not just the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, but the yep. angelic. Yep. Um, and that's been something that you kind of, you know, if you're, if you grew up like me, you grew up hearing these stories and reading your Bible and believing it's true, but not really that true. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost yeah. like, yep. you know, angels. Yeah. Yeah. You know, touched by an angel, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't until the last several years where I've had this sort of awakening to the angelic, both biblically, but also experientially. I'll just tell one quick story. Uh, it was a couple of years into my, my leadership. I was at a, my leadership as senior pastor and I was at a fairly, just a, a challenging kind of a crucible moment. And I decided to leave the office and I drove off just to be alone. And I just, just to be alone and pray, I was feeling overwhelmed and, and scared, actually. Uh, this is the one time I've ever been scared in ministry, just the one time. Um, that was sarcasm. But uh, I pulled over beside a lake, and I prayed and asked God to just, like, tell me you're with me. Tell me you're with me. And I, this is the one time I had what I would describe as a vision um, of something that was in the spirit realm that I couldn't, prior, I couldn't see with my eyes. And I was in my car. And I had a vision basically where I could, I could see um, basically an angel sitting with me in shotgun and two in the back. And I had this, this overwhelming sense of uh, I had three angels with me and that God allowed me to like see that. And uh, you know, that was a cool experience. You know, yeah, God, that was neat. Thanks for speaking to me in that language or whatever, however that worked. But even then, I kind of put it to bed in like this sort of other category of like God was just saying something to me. It's not really angels with me, you know. And uh, I get to church that weekend, and this woman who was coming to our church for a very short period of time, I don't know where she went. I haven't seen her really in years and years. She was just here for a window. Maybe she was an angel. I don't know. Uh, But she came up to me after service, and she goes, "Uh, did you know you have angels? And I, I was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> it's like, funny you say that. Um, I think I have three, uh, at least that I'm aware of. And she yeah. said, um, actually, you have four. Uh, there's one that goes before you, and there's three that are with you. And uh, that was a really just a, an earth-shattering confirmation of, again, mm-hmm. that reality uh, that – it's kind of established where I'm at today. It's been through experience yeah. and backed on the backed with the word. I mean, again, we don't form our theology because we've experienced something. It's got to be backed yeah. up by the word. And here's the reality. Jesus believed in angels and demons. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that that's really where I stand today. And I would speak to that, that thing that you were saying, Mike. I, I think the enemy works tirelessly to keep the church from thinking about this, to keep Christians from being yeah. aware, yeah. being activated in it. Come on. And so I, I think it's important we have this kind of discussion and that people here, yeah. maybe the, I hope the people that are paying attention that we have a pretty decent crew that are watching on live right now. Um, but I hope you heard the spectrum of our experiences. Um there's, there's no kind of one way to come awake to this. The point is that we come awake to the reality of the yeah. things of the spirit. Um, yeah. Can I just say, yeah. I think, I think I must say that there is, there's no, there's no way that you can uh, read the scripture with an, with an open mind 
and not come away with that with an understanding that there is a reality greater than what we can see with our with our five senses mm-hmm. there just there just is right and you know that we've all had these experiences that and you may not have like whoever's watching may not have had or may not have had or may have had something where you didn't know and like part of it is that the enemy just wants to make you doubt even what you experience but there is actually no way that you can actually read the scriptures with any form of like serious um serious like honest questioning you know with an open mind and not come away with the fact that God speaks to us in our dreams, that there is a reality of supernatural, that there are angels and there are demons and there are other, there are other, other beings, right. That, um, that we don't see with our eyes and we don't necessarily, you know, with our five senses. And it's like that, that in the, in the Western, in the Western world, there is definitely uh, a veil that's pulled over that you, you know, even what Mike was hinting at. And I've definitely heard, uh, firsthand accounts even of people who are, you know, either in a Africa or some other country where it's just, it's overt. It's actually not, not even, it's not even hidden. It's hidden in the West because, you know, the, the, you know, there is something about that, but in, 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 you know, in other countries in, in Africa or, you know, or Africa is a continent, Anthony, it's not another country, but country you know, Africa. other countries, maybe in Africa, the city uh, of Africa, the Wakanda. city of, the city of Africa, Wakanda. but, the, but it is, but it is, but it is overt. It's not even hidden. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think we need to understand that, you know, one is a not being freaked out at it. Like, cause again, like that you can, oh. you can allow that to freak you out, but you, but the reality is, is, is if it's true, the, I think the, the same way with Brent is that you processed it is that if, if the demonic is true, then there is the angelic. If the devil is true, then God is, if, if the devil is real, then God is real. Right. And so we need to understand that and let that shape us. I think, I think we've got to get back up to 80,000 feet and not 5,000 feet. Because again, Mm -hmm. I think, I think the number one enemy of Christianity in North America is behavioral modification. Oh, come on. Yeah, yes. we think I'm going to be like it, we lump it in there with Tony Robbins and Gary oh, B dude. and and self help books. You go to chapters or whatever book you Amazon and go. I'm going to be a better person. Yeah. If you read this book, it starts with way before us. It ends way after us. We are just a comma in a chapter, not even a chapter, a, a page, and it puts mm-hmm. a perspective of it's not the world does not revolve around us. It's not mm-hmm. a boda. Like I grew up with a mother saying there's a war for your soul and not yes. in a creepy way. So every morning she would pray for me for a hedge of protection. Anybody else, mom, like a hedge of, like, like oh, shrubbery yeah. was shrubbery yeah. was the one thing the, the <laughs> devil couldn't get over. Like, like not, I'm like, mom, not a wall. Like really? Want a hedge. I want a, a hedge. A well-groomed hedge. hedge. Yes. Cedar hedge. Yes. I went to school every day going, I need to be protected. She said, I pray for your angels. She used to pray. I, when I was traveling full time and doing crazy stuff, she's like, I pray your brother's angels would leave him and go with you because you oh, need man. them, right? Oh, Joking. Man. But yeah. I remember growing up understanding there is a battle over my life of, of good and evil and heaven and hell. Yeah. And it was bigger than just how am I feeling. And if you're going to be a part of Christianity, there is the behavioral modification. There's also the, I'm a part of a community. But when mm-hmm. I guess the reason why I haven't had a problem with getting offended, keeping unforgiveness, is because I realized this is just a vapor mm-hmm. and even, even suffering yeah. going like we, I think we get so much about, it's about us. The whole thing with the Bible is it's not about you. Like 
read John the Baptist. He was the most full of faith, did nothing wrong. And God, Jesus goes, I'm actually not going to help him right now. His time is done because I got yeah. bigger things to do. We would be so offended by that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I just think that it starts with the whole thing of it's a lot bigger than just our life. It's huge. And I think that you have to, there's a war. There is a war happening. Yes. And that doesn't is. scare me. It, it builds me up. And yeah. um, I, I think, think that's guys, 80,000 feet. You guys are hitting on like, we should, we should dri- drive a little deeper here. Cause the, you know, what you said, Mike, like, let's come up to, let's come up to, to 10,000 or eight. Like, I think there's an appropriate altitude to, to fly. Right. Cause you know, there's, the two that there are like uh, C.S. Lewis basically said, you know, in which book you should check out is uh, is is Screwtape Letters. That's his that's his book where he basically it's interesting. If you read the afterward, he says, I would never recommend an author doing what I did to do this. It was hard for me. It was hard on my head and my spirit because I had to get in the mind of the devil. Basically, he said, I like. He didn't get them. He had to basically think like a demon thinks to try to attack. The book's an allegory about demons attacking, uh, you know, people and trying to destroy their lives. But he, one of the one of the things he says in is basically there's like there's two equal and opposite errors in which into which we can fall about like demons. One's to disbelieve their existence altogether, and one is to have an unhealthy interest and an excessive interest in them. And I think I think you depending on where you're from uh you you can probably see one like the enemy's good with either ditch he's happy to have you completely obsessed or paralyzed in fear or interested out of your mind i think that's why um it says what paul actually says like let's not guys like let's pump the brakes on the angelology did you catch that in the new testament he says like there were there were christians who were geeking out on angels and he's like guys that's not the point like pump the yeah. come you know there's a there's a altitude we need to fly at you know there's so there's there's uh examples or the one ditch is to get way too geeked out on it and think that there's a demon behind every rock yeah um and i think you can see that you know to use and i think my african friends would probably gladly concur with me i've had a conversation with uh dr dr shola karipe he's one of our uh one of our board members at the church also happens to be from nigeria and he was telling me you know the spirit realm is a very natural and normal thing, but it's also like, there are parts there are where it's unhealthy. There's obsession about it, or Mm -hmm. they're, they're dealing with it the wrong way. This is where witch doctors come into play. This is where uh, a lot of um, what's the word Uh, not hocus pocus, but um, superstition, a lot of, a lot of that stuff comes into play. So that's a mistake. And there's the mistake though. I think most of us make kind of going West, West of the Atlantic is that whole we're just not we're just not woke it's interesting we talk about being woke so much uh the devil's got a sleeping on mm-hmm. frankly the biggest like you said mike the biggest part of christianity is that we have by jesus been set free from the devil and his works Mm-hmm. like yeah. jesus came and like the scriptures speak big time about this like he's disarmed yeah. the rulers and powers and principalities and authorities like you you know jesus said to jesus said you will expel demons here's yes. one of the things that's going to happen when you follow me you're going to expel yeah. demons he didn't just say that to like you know the the seal team six disciples right yeah there's going to be normal christianity you're going yeah. to encounter and expel demons yeah and so, again J- jesus is our model 
And he was hidden for most of his life preparing his character. He starts his ministry fighting the devil. He ends his ministry fighting the devil. And in between, he fights the devil. And we're like, and we're like, and we're surprised. And we're surprised. You know, there's a reason why the Bible calls it a fight of faith. My dog's making noises here. My my wife's texting me going, I hear the dog. Um, The Bible calls it a fight of faith, not, not. And we get surprised when we get punched in the face. Mm -hmm. It's a fight. Yep. And sometimes it's a bad day. Sometimes it's circumstances. I don't see demons and doorknobs. Sometimes it's just you made a stupid decision and now you're reaping your consequences. Yeah. Yeah. But we're there's spiritual fighting is real. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think even the way that Jesus approached it, right? Like he didn't actually go like Ram all Rambo on everybody and went out looking for those demons, right? He dealt with them as they you know, he was if he was presented with somebody who was oppressed or 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 possessed even that he dealt with it absolutely and completely, but it wasn't like he was so obsessed with the spirit realm because it wasn't really necessarily, do you know what I'm saying? It wasn't necessarily his focus. You know, he wasn't all obsessed with the spirit realm while he was here on earth. It was very much a reality, but that's not, you know, what he wasn't, he didn't always talk about, do you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, where, where I'm going with that, but it, that, but he definitely modeled a way that he definitely absolutely 100% exercised authority over the spirit realm, but he didn't necessarily go looking for one under every rock. Right? Yeah. He wasn't a demon hunter. Yeah. Right. I think there's, there's two things real quick that, that I feel we deal with uniquely in the Western world. And one is that, uh, that we are anti-faith. Like we pretend that human beings don't live by faith, but every mm-hmm. every human being sucking breath today 100%. is living by faith. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we cannot buy it that people don't live by faith. And once you get over that and you realize it, then you got to figure out is what you're putting your faith in actually legit. So that's mm-hmm. you. We, yes. we have an anti-faith. We pretend that we're anti-faith, but nobody actually is. The mm-hmm. second thing is, is Jesus understood what humanity's role is in this world that God has created. Mm -hmm. There's demons, there's angels, there's all of creation, and guess what? There's humans. Mm -hmm. As far as I can tell, we're going to be human forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And God actually likes that. Like we Mm -hmm. have, we have a role as humanity Humanity isn't going to disappear in the age to come. Hey, you might just be you forever. That's a crazy thought that God actually is a big fan of who you are as a human. Jesus was fully aware of what, how a human actually operates in the mix of all this because human beings aren't the only people inhabiting the earth. We make a huge mistake of thinking there's God in heaven somewhere up there. And then there's us and all of the animals in creation here. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. And really God's in the mix of all of it. And there's a lot more than just hum- human beings. There are angelic beings, demonic, but we have a role. Yeah. We are uniquely human and humans have a role to play. I think Dan, what you were speaking to there, it gives I mean, that's a great launching point for, you know, if there are people that are listening, maybe that are like, I'm I'm skeptical. I'm not so sure this is real. Like, I I think, I think the, you know, to use the, the Dallas Willard statement, like you need to question, question your questions and doubt your doubts. 
and and like think about the fact of you have a faith system and you have a, a belief system and there are gaps in it right yeah. you have a belief system and there are mm-hmm. gaps in it and that that little gap is called faith with whatever you filled that in with that's faith and everybody's got it i don't care if you're neil degrasse tyson or you are benny hinn everybody has faith the question is how you is how you're filling that gap the most logical explanation for why things are the way they are and you know something you spoke to mike about like the the shooting i mean the guy the guy um that that took all those lives in 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 nova scotia like you look at that like yeah okay mental illness sure um something else some stuff you know some issues going on there but like there's something other going on there as well there's something dark there's something sinister you read through the history books and you look at you look at man, like just do the deep dive on World War mm. II, mm. and you start looking right. at not just the violence of it, but the hate. I mean, the the talk about racism. We've been having those discussions, and we need to have those discussions. This is this is mm. a time for that. Talk about racism. I mean, they were they were exterminating people. Like yeah. right. that. How do you answer? Do I speak to the atheists, maybe that like or the agnostics, or people have questions that. You know, how do you answer the problem of real evil mm-hmm. in the yeah. world? Like real evil. I'm not talking about bad luck or the yeah. bad things happen. If, right. if you have your eyes open at all, there are things that have happened in your lifetime and probably have happened to you mm-hmm. that you can only describe as evil. You know, like you talk to a person who's been molested or sexually abused. Mm-hmm. There's something yeah else there yes a darkness there that's that you have to ask the question maybe there is more going on than just that person was messed up yeah why yeah and there's a difference i mean i don't know how far you want to get into this right but there's a difference between what happens to humanity in those situations right when they're uh, when you're a victim or you've you're encountered on the receiving end of evil right? That doesn't happen anywhere else, right? That doesn't happen in any other place other than like in the animal kingdom, right? Like we, you could watch any, you know, any, uh, you know, David Attenborough commenting on the hunt, right? And, and how that, that, that sort of like murder, like how he would say, like in humanity, it doesn't work like that because, you know, if a human kills another human, there's something else going on other than this is just the right. circle of life, right? right. It speaks yeah. to that interaction that we have. It is. With- yeah, and it, and it affects us. Like, why can we see, you know, why can we see loved ones, you know, on the receiving end of evil and have us affect us and it be so traumatic because there's something else going on. It's yeah. not just the circle of life. It's actually that there's something about humanity. There's something about, uh, there's something uh, something else at play. And that's where the faith comes in. Like we absolutely, I absolutely a hundred percent and convinced that it's, it's a spiritual thing and it speaks and points directly to, you know, uh, the divine order, what, that God has created us. Right. And he's breathed yeah. his spirit into us. Like we, he's breathed into us. Right. So that we are spirit. So there's something else going on, but it does, it does, it speaks to that. Like there is something else going on. And if you, if you look, if you're willing to look, there's um, overwhelming uh, evidence that points to that fact. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me hijack this if, if I can. And Brent, forgive me if you want to take it somewhere else. No, but no, no. There's, no. there's the evil side. But let me go back to the positive side. Um, 
Because I think a you lot of would, times, Mike, you would. I would. It's it's the Tony Robbins in me, right? Yeah, uh, right. But like so many people think it's weird, right? Because they they come across someone weird, right? Mm-hmm. I was telling our church like weird people, weird people were weird before they came to church, and they're weird outside of church. There's yeah. weird people in government, in schools, in medicine, in business. But on the positive side, how much in scripture? Do you see, oh, an angel showed up and warned them and said, take this direction. Like you read the Christmas story. It's all about angel. And that's New Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we are as leaders navigating the greatest change in the last 30, 40 years. Yes. And, and it could be more than that. What's about to adapt and change. Come on. Man. And I believe in, in, in leading, reading blogs and podcasts and all that. But at some point. Are we looking, say, God, I need a divine sign. And I, yes. I like to say that on this on this call, we're normal. In fact, I think normal is my superpower. Like, I love people not knowing what I do. They, they never guess you're a pastor. They never guess mm-hmm. I'm a pastor, right? And I like to say, you know what? I'm normal. And I kind of build that trust. And I am normal. But I'm looking for a divine intervention from God for direction for my life, for my family, where mm-hmm. my kids get jobs, who they marry, mm-hmm. where we rent a space for school, the name of our church. Like I'm asking, I, I, because of a dream, I married my wife because of a dream. I planted my church because of a dream. I went into ministry, like a specific mm-hmm. dream. Mm-hmm. I believe maybe even speak to how much does the supernatural and divine play into some of the yeah. decisions that we're making? Well, that's like, maybe you, there's a word I was going to, and you went right where I was headed, Mike. So that's helpful. Like I, I was going to say, like what we're kind of getting at here in this conversation is, you know, Here's, here's the good news and the bad news, depending on where you land on this. There are spirits influencing everything. Right. Like yeah. just to kind of let that hang. And, and, the, and the bad news is there are spirits influencing terrible, terrible things in this world. Yes. The good news is there is a spirit and who has, uh, also has angelic angelic spirits that are also working to influence. And so the, the exciting thing, I guess, to wake up as believers, once you kind of get over the hurdle of, ah, yeah, this is, you know, the, you, you kind of take the, take the red pill and you wake up to the fact that, you know, there's this whole big other thing going on. You know, it's interesting. We could geek out sometime and talk about simulation theory and are we in a simulation? <laughs> Um, the answer is yes. Read your Bible. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll we'll come back. We'll come back to that. So this is real, but there's the thing behind the thing. That's the whole, that's why people are asking the question was anyway, Google it. Um, but this is idea of influence. Like that can be a terrifying prospect or a liberating prospect, depending on, on what you've come to understand and believe. And the reality is that God is at active work. Yeah. And I think if we can do anything in this conversation to help people get past, and it's interesting what we do to the Holy Spirit, even mm. we, oh, I think, wow. we're, I think we're Come comfortable. On. I think we're comfortable with this detached sort of where we, where we can compartmentalize Holy Spirit in mm-hmm. such a way where I don't, he's not really like, we just sort of set him on the shelf, like, because he's everywhere. And we kind of have this deistic sort of pantheistic idea of the Holy Spirit. And we take his, active person personal connection with us out and i think when we start talking about demons and angels it makes it more real and more focused for people which is unfortunate because the holy spirit should be the most focused and real thing for any believer Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. thinking about 
But when we start talking about angels and demons and their influence, it, it kind of brings it right to the forefront. Like this either is a thing or it isn't. Like yeah. I, I, I grew up to be told, have a notebook by your bed because God might speak to you in your sleep. And wow. that sounds foreign now. But I think right. God speaks to me so much in my sleep because I don't shut up when I'm awake. So yeah. he has to speak to me in my sleep. But I'm waiting for a dream for what to do with our church. Now, I'm taking yeah. counsel, going through scripture. But mm-hmm. I believe the God that made us, that there's a war that he's, he's fighting for us. He's trying to get information to us. So yeah. how much are you as a church, the three of you, you know, how much is divine, you know, dreams, words, prophecy, uh, confirmation come into even this season with decisions yes. that you're making? Oh, baby. This whole thing. I would say. This whole that, thing for you started with a dream. Right? I would say, I would say that for, for King's church and I would say my life. And I would, I would say, Dan and Anthony, I know they're part of that because we've all had dreams that have influenced everything. Mm-hmm. The steering wheel of this church has been turned by divine direction through dreams. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like probably the primary way, uh, short of the standard foundational biblical truths, dreams have been the most consistent, you know, message from another, you know, yeah another place like that that mm. most most consistent channel we're hearing you know dan dan i mean you you got probably you could He's speak dreamer. on dreams but He's that's that's dreamer. one of dan's primary functions in mm. our in our church you know we legitimately have dan and anthony both i mean legitimately paid to be receivers mm. of messages and messaging so they have the dream they have the dream job Dan legit has the dream job. I mean, in yeah. many ways, I mean, Anthony does too, but um, there's a scribing component that, to Dan's yeah. ministry here where yes. he's just got a gift to pay attention to that stuff. Yep. Man. Yeah. I just, uh, I wish I could show you the shelf I have over to my, to my left here, but, um, but I have journals going back literally 20, 25 years because I believe in what you're saying, Mike, like, like, I believe, like, I believe it's, it's crazy that, that you say that that's rare for people to sit to, it is to sleep with a journal on their nightstand. But what's really sad is world leaders, presidents, kings, queens, uh, you know, world leaders of world powers are turning to psychics. Come on. They're finding they don't have the answers they need. And those mm-hmm. psychics are telling them you need to sleep with a journal by your bed, man. The yeah. Child, yeah, but we have relinquished that and said that it's not legit. And we've backed off of it when there's such incredible precedent in the Bible and in history, keep track of your dreams. Yeah. Like, yeah. And people say, you know, I don't dream or God doesn't speak to me in dreams, but they don't keep track. Mm-hmm. That's true. We need to wake up to the fact that we are products of a culture that again, we're anti-faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't expect there's a God that if there's a God, he doesn't want to speak to us. But he, yeah. So that, well, let's leap off that, Dan. So, cause you're encouraging people to, to let's, okay, let's, let's move to activation. Let's move to like, yeah. let's, let's talk about engaging. So we've, we've talked about, you know, open your mind, open your mind to the fact that this is a reality. Uh, we've given testimony to it. It's biblical. Now, what does it mean to open our spirits and open our lives to, you know, not just dealing with the demonic, let's talk about that, but also partnering 
partnering with, with God through the various channels, whether it's angels, whether it's dreams, uh, whether it's an angel in a dream, whether it's the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's a whole probably other conversation uh, very much worth having. But how do, we, how do we open our lives up? Like, if, what would you, let, me, let me tip it back to Dan on the dreams component. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who so like, hey, I don't, I don't ever dream, and it would be the last place I'd expect to be surprised by God in. How would you coach somebody to, to, start to say, hey, Lord, uh, okay, me? Yeah, I would, I would say start off, start off by asking the Father in Jesus' name for the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to activate it in your life because it's so important in Scripture. If we ask, you know, if, we, if our kid asked us for, for bread, we wouldn't give him a stone, right? Luke 11, mm-hmm. right there. So, we, the, so ask the Father in Jesus' name to activate this in your life. Father, I want a dream. Would you, in the name of Jesus, just activate that in my life? I want a dream. Yep. And then I would say, just really, Anthony's great with this. Uh, you know, steward your sleep. Make sure yes. you, make sure that you're you're paying attention yep. to uh, to getting to bed, uh, and, and you know, reasonably that where you can get a good sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, pay, just just really steward your sleep. And then um, I would just say, begin to do some simple things like have your phone near your bed, even if you don't want to write down your dreams. You feel like that's too clunky. Just commit yourself even to in your voice memo of your phone. Yep. Roll over. Just yep. whisper into your phone what you just dreamt. Yep. Even if it was as simple as you wake up and you were just running down the beach chasing a beach ball, but there's nobody else there, and you don't know how the beach ball was being powered to go down the beach. Just lean over and say that into your phone. Just, just begin yep. to mark because everybody dreams. Yeah. Just yep. don't pay attention to it. Everybody at least four times a night god will honor it right god will honor your your willingness to start just like any other spiritual practice god honors your willingness to learn and fumble through it right like is every dream you have a message from god no yeah but i think i think if you start that the key word you said dan was steward you start stewarding your sleep you when you lay down say hey lord speak to me speak to me as i rest give me rest tonight and in jesus name uh, use this, use this as a time to not just replenish my body, but, you know, speak, speak to my mind and my spirit. Um, steward yep. that I think is a huge piece. There was something that, that's like legit. That's legit. My story, right? Like when we do our, when we do our prophetic training and all of that stuff and we cover dreams, right? Like that's very much legit my story. And, you know, that's what the Lord spoke to me. It was like, I, I had, you know, Dan and I talk like have talked on a weekly basis. We have coffee every week for a last seven years or something like that. And he would always, I, he would always have these dreams. And I, so I was like, man, I want the dreams. And I was, so I had this conversation, ongoing conversation with the Lord. And, and that was the word he spoke to me. He said, steward your sleep. So Anthony, don't get five hours of sleep a night. Let's go for seven. Right. And, you know, as that happened, and as I began to write things down and as I began to, you know, give myself to just leaning into it and, you know, even what you're saying, Dan, like just that Luke 11, so, so key. Like if you ask for the Holy spirit, you know, how he's not going to give you, if you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. So how much more will he give you the Holy spirit when you, when you ask? And so it's very, it's, it's important that you don't, it's important that you go to the father. Mm. It's important that you go to the father with that request. 
Let me let me throw let me lob this. I mean, Mike, you can you can hit it. This is a little bit of a curveball. Okay, so we're talking about starting to learn to interact with the things of the spirit, whether it's being aware of demonic influence. I think a believer needs to very very early learn to spot the enemy's schemes and to learn the the influence of the enemy and to take authority. I think I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of pain believers go through that they didn't have to, yeah. Uh, that we could have taken authority over, and it's like we just we just stood by and became victims when God gave us victory. And I think I think there's some things that obviously we're not exempt from pain. We don't believe that at all, but I think there are some things where God's like, you know, I've been in environments with Dan where something went sideways, and we both kind of look at each other and just say, I'm not going to just stand here and watch this happen. I'm going to stand in my place and take take authority. Right? There's there's something you said about coming awake to that. So when it comes to interacting with whether it's, you know, the, the, the things, the spiritual things of God's kingdom, be it angels mm-hmm. or spirit or, or demons, uh, how do we, how can we tell the difference? How do you know your dream came from God and not the devil? How do you know that that thing you saw? Cause look, look, newsflash, read your Bible. Um, when anybody saw an angel, they were terrified. So it's not like it was like warm fuzzies when they saw an angel. In fact, one of the things we look back on uh, back to the story with Anthony in my cabin is there were two things that were seen. One was clearly demonic, but in hindsight, uh, in revisionist history, uh, there's, I have more questions about one of them actually being an angel um, just that also terrified those Mm. who saw it. But nonetheless, how do we know, how do we know what is, kingdom what is god and what is the kingdom of darkness and what is the devil what is demons and how how can we tell the difference of who we're interacting with mm. i don't think it's an easy answer uh i do know this is it starts with desiring saying god if you if you're in it i want it, it starts with desire everything starts with desire big prayer both holy both holiness and sin start with desire um but i think a couple things is you have the Bible always says judge things by its fruit, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever I used to judge a good sermon by if I wanted to stand up and clap or if I wanted to cry or I had a youth pastor that all his sermons kind of sounded the same, but he was the best preacher because here's how I judged his sermons. I always left thinking, I want to go read my Bible. Not, oh, I have to read my Bible. I'm a bad Christian. I was like, man, he loves his Bible. I want to write read my Bible. Man, I want to live for God. I have a plan for my life. It, it, the fruit of it drove me somewhere holy. Yes, and I think, uh, I think even in Scripture, when dreams were caused fear from God, said, you know, flee to Egypt to to Joseph with Jesus the child. But it was always, it was always flee towards the plan of God. Yes. And I think you have to judge everything that comes in, um, saying, does this draw me closer to God and the things of God? Or the further, even if it means sacrificing, like I need to quit my job, leave, I need to move to another part of the country. Is it because you're afraid of a person or you're going after something lustful or is it a drawing to, I just want more of God. And I, secondly, I think you need to, everything has to be, that's why God's caused uh, church is so important. I, I believe one of the dangers of this season of online church is that people will forsake the gathering together and they'll just click over to whatever church they like right. is mentor generational provides mentorship go back to scripture it says jesus grew in favor with god and man 
he was God. He was man. He didn't start going, I got it all. Jesus and Mary and Joseph trained him. Joseph knew God's voice. An angel came to him. He trained Jesus. It says in Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in favor with God and man. Go back to Samuel. He thought God's voice was Eli's, his mentor. It sounded like someone who was drawing him towards the call of God. So I think you need mentors in your life to go, number one, you had a dream to sell everything and go. Doesn't mean it's God. Let's process. And the dream I had at at 20 living in Plymouth, England for my life, I never saw it start to happen until I was 30. Wow. It took progression and mentorship. So I think it starts with a desire going, if you're in it, I want it. Secondly, I think you need to test it with mentorship going, help me unpack this. And the last thing I would say with this is if you want more of it, which goes back to the prior question, is I think the reason why we're not full of God is sometimes we're so full of ourselves. Yeah. And I believe believe in displacement where God can just wreck you and come in and like a cannonball into a pool and all the water goes out and Mm. just sin and junk can go. But most times in scripture, it's emptying yourself. That's right. Fasting, prayer, but also going to bed going, I'm not going to listen to music the whole time to bed. I'm not going to be having the TV on to fall asleep to. Mm. I'm actually going to empty myself so that there's room for something else to come in. Yes. And I think whenever God speaks, you have to test it. That's why church is not about gathering. It's about helping you on your journey. I thank God for leaders in my life going, well, that might be God. It sounds like God. I echo that. But there's also a safety going. I just had a crazy dream. Was that pizza or was that God? It's like Mm -hmm. my mentor's going, like I had one prophet. I'm going to rant from, this is my carnal moment. I had this one prophet. I'm not going to say he was a false prophet, but he ran a nonprofit ministry. Uh, he, 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 prophesied, Profit. he, prophesied, he prophesied, I was going to be like this weather guy on TV. That was his prophecy for me. Okay. And I remember th- being so frustrated going, that's not what's on my heart. That's not what God's been saying to me. And my, my pastor yep. said to me, he missed it. Yeah. Yep. He missed it because so he good. was my, he knew me and he knew yes. God's call for my life. Good. So I think, I think the, 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 the right down the middle has to be, does it draw you towards the things of God? Or does it draw yeah. you away from things? That is the defining line right there. Yeah. That that authoritative piece is huge though, right? Like being grounded in authority. So so you're huge on like recognize the fruit of where this is where this is progressing. But let's go let's go back to the root and, and talk about like who like what voices and what influences do you let in deep? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I've seen a lot of people mm-hmm. um you know, like come awake to the things of the spirit and then like almost binge on like, just drown themselves on like everything, just, just overdoing it. Like, and, and not being grounded in the scripture, uh, not being grounded in authoritative relationships, somebody that can actually speak and say, no, I know, I know who you are and I know the word of God. And this is what this means. Um, and I've seen so many people flame out, burn out, go off the rails thinking God told me something, God said this or, and it wasn't God. Like I've heard people say, you know, God told me I'm supposed to be with this person. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're not because you're married to somebody else. So (laughs) I'm pretty pretty sure that's not a voice of God. And it's like, if you're not grounded in the scripture, if you don't know the gospel and you don't know your scripture, um, look, be very careful on what you're letting influence you. Yeah. Um, that's why it says test the spirits in first yeah. John it says test the spirits. Don't assume that mm-hmm. every, just don't assume Christians 
that every everything that's spiritual that is influencing you is God's spirit. Yeah. So here's here's a pra- here's a practical example. I was flying into Baltimore doing this big concert, you know, youth thing, Andy Minio, kids everywhere, and I'm on the plane and I hear God almost audibly. It wasn't. I was asleep, but I was awake, landing in Baltimore, saying, a door is about to open. A new season is starting. I was traveling full time. I didn't know what was next for my life. I knew I was called the pastor. Didn't know if that was around the world, New York, Toronto, Halifax. He said, get ready. And I heard a sound of a door opening that night. Wow. Two days later, I get an email from a church saying, would you come be our lead pastor? Hmm. And right away, I said, this, this is the season. But I took it to three different mentors in my life, and they walked through going, okay, let's look at everything in your life. Does it add up to that ex- that opportunity? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. It was the start of an opportunity of a season, but mm-hmm. the very first opportunity actually wasn't God. Yes. And though I had a word from God, then I had a confirmation, but I took it to mentors in my life, and they're yes. saying, we and my wife. My wife's going, I trust you. I don't know if this is us. Yep. And we wow. walked through it. So again. Yep. It's, Huge. I could have been just jumped and I would, I would be in the wrong place doing the wrong assignment because mm-hmm. I, because I had an email come through with the confirmation. Yeah. That's why I, I, you know, leadership gets a bad rap. Yeah. You know, if they like you, they call it influence. If they don't like you, they call it control. Mm-hmm. And, but there's something about authority. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's huge that you had that voice in your life because and that's, I think that's a better way, Mike, of saying, like, I've seen people just run wild with as soon as they get open to the fact that there's spiritual influence, they think everything is God. And I've, I've come to find in my life too, that sometimes the, you know, the enemy's quite happy to distract you with a good thing. If it keeps you off your destiny and it keeps you off of the thing that God has for you. And honestly, I've seen, I've seen options open up that weren't there when like, it's like, honestly, I've seen more times than not, not one door open, but four. Yeah. And having, and having to discern which door is the Lord is, is which door is God highlighting. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's honestly, that's a, that's something you need to be grounded in the scripture and you need to be grounded with you other. Do. That's why I meet with these yeah. two guys every single yeah. week. And yeah. half of it's just like, I can't be trusted to process my own feelings and process yeah. all the things coming at me. I need other hearts, other ears, other minds at the table to help me discern yeah. the stuff. Yeah. This that's stuff, maybe the hard, let me yeah. just go, let me just say this, Anthony, you go. Sure. That's probably the hardest part, though, of this conversation is it's not simple. No, it's actually not that simple. Yeah, you yeah. Get it for life. yeah, for sure. And this stuff is not meant. And you, I think you touched on it earlier, Mike. This this stuff is not meant to be done alone. No. I think it it must be. And there's like there's this element of grace. And I think um, just a couple things is that there's there's I think one of the best. The one of the best pieces of advice, like especially I know that we're we're shifting into sort of like the prophetic and all of that, but that the one of the best pieces of advice that I ever gave someone is that it's okay to put it on the back burner, right? That 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 that's there's lots of things that it, like there's lots of even uh, there's lots of things that in even in earnest and even in good intention that because of a knee jerk reaction they, you know, you sort of like take a left turn out of your destiny into something else because it wasn't the right word or either it wasn't the right word or it wasn't the right time for the word. And so I just, I just, I think that there's, there's a, there's a, oh, there's an element when God gives you a word 
that there is, it's, it's okay to, you must process it with people. Does it line up with the scriptures? Does it line up with what God's already doing in my life? Is it the right time? There's okay. And it's okay to process these things and it must be done in community. It must be done. You know, it's like, it must be done with you and the Lord for sure. But it's, it, it there's this element of like, of taking it to your brothers, taking it to your mentors, taking it to spiritual authority, the ones who you trust to hear the voice of the Lord. It's not about, you know, taking it to the late night psychics or even your friend who's in the new age a little bit, right? Like, it's not about that. It's actually taking it to godly people in your life and saying, what do you think about that? And there's very much the way that the Lord speaks that he's not going to left turn you into, mm. into something. And so, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. It's got to be done in the community. Right. It, it, yeah, go for it, Dan. Well, just just two things I want to mention super quick. One is that um, you know, I just speaking honestly, be being prophetic is mostly about listening. Not yeah. about mm. I I speak a very small percentage of what I receive. Mm. So I really try to be very patient about the things I that I speak out. I do not take for granted if I get some kind of revelation, I'm supposed to say it. I assume I'm supposed to wait on it. So I just, just, yes. just those who want to develop in that, don't seek to dream in order to have stuff to say. Right. I just That's huge advice and, and huge for the body of Christ, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's massive because I think a lot of destruction happens within the church that, okay, I, we, we've already established there are churches that are totally not they're sleeping at the wheel on the reality of this stuff but then there's also you can get into environments that are like man they're they're messing with power that that really can have major effects on people's lives and so don't never like just be be humble when you when you're going to give a word you know mm -hmm. like i i just think it's so dangerous when you know when you go up and say thus saith the lord you know, you better be careful. And I've had, I've had to, you know, tell people, no, that's not a word for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't receive too. that. I do not receive that. That is not a word yeah. for me. Get behind me, Satan. I didn't say that to their face, but I just kindly say, no, I, I know the Lord, I know the voice of the shepherd and, yeah. and I know the channels he often speaks through when I don't know his mm -hmm. voice. And yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The other one I just want to mention real quick is Jesus said, about himself, I am the vine, you are the branches, but there was a third person. Remember? My father yeah. is the gardener. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to realize your growth in any of these areas is going to move at the speed of a plant growing. Mm -hmm. Yes. God begins to speak to you. He's a gardener. Like, don't fly off the handle. If you get a dream and you think it says something to you, Guess what? God will give you another one three weeks from now that'll probably confirm it or a year from now. Don't be in a rush. You are going to receive revelation and get direction from God over the course of a lifetime. Yes. And he is a gardener. He is faithful. He is not going to yeah. let soil of your life be fruitless. Huge. Yeah. God's leadership is not, yeah. it's not sporadic. It's not herky-jerky. Yeah. It's no uh, panic. No it's panic. gentle, firm, right? Yeah. That's massive. Okay, guys, I feel like we could talk about this oh, forever, but let me just because I don't, I, I think there's probably people that are, are watching right now or maybe listening at a later date that 
we lost them at there are demons and it's real and they believe us now. And, yeah. you know, like let's land the plane with one, one last conversation point, And that is what, what do we want to say about, you know, the person who, if we didn't have this conversation, if we just stopped right here and they go, they go. And now they're full on like I was when I was 15 and everything's the freaking exorcist. And you were just, yeah. you're just terrified. You're just terrified. Cause like there's this whole world you didn't know existed and it's scary and it's dark and it's, it's out to get you. It legit is like full disclosure. Yeah. It is out to get you and destroy you. The, the enemy came to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. So what do, what do we want to say regarding the, the spiritual forces that are at work, the demonic forces that are at work, yeah. and how we should set people up to interact with them? Can I just uh, – I want to jump in on that because there's actually been this – it, it doesn't go very much further than First John 4, 4 for me. And I looked it up earlier tonight just thinking that we might get here, but – uh, and it, it has, it's the scripture verse that has, that I have carried with me my entire life that I have been aware of, and, you know, that, that I've, as, as soon as I've become aware of that there are angels and demons and there are super, supernatural forces at work, that it's first John 4, 4, and it's basically greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. And that's, that's like, I, I kid you not, I kid you not the times where I feel fear, where I've been a little freaked out. This is the verse that always resets me to understanding to br that brings all of those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ, right? Like, it's like, I, I need to understand that if this is true, if, if all of the things that I'm aware of are true, then this scripture verse is also true, that greater is he jesus who is in me than he that is in the world the devil yes period full stop and that's i mean i, I don't i don't like mm -hmm. that's just really it's really been like this thing i remind myself over and over again right and it's been this thing that's really shaped me and and held me firmly grounded in the word as well huge yeah for me for me i would say it's all about motive you mm -hmm. got to go back to the root of everything and Jesus starts his ministry and he says, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me too. Hmm. And it's, it's always about building, helping, rescuing. He didn't come to fight the devil. Mm -hmm. he came wow. to yeah. build it. He came to build his church for on this rock. I will build my church. He didn't say, all right, now we can, it's like my son's driving now. He's getting his beginners and he's in the whole thing about driving isn't to avoid cars. You're defensive driving, but it's not like, okay, this is where you can get an accident. And this is where you can get T-boned. And this is where you can get, rear-ended it's always like think about picture yourself going with your buddies to the beach picture yourself going to movies driving yourself to work where's gonna be your first road trip man i put a picture up this week of my first car it wasn't defensive going here's everything that can happen bad it's what are you going to do with this awesome freedom and this awesome yeah. power of having your license and when we understand that the spirit of the lord is upon us to build to 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 free people to heal people to help people to build it changes the motive that I'm not sitting there going, I'm hiding in my house going, the powers of hell. And again, right. that verse that, you know, uh, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell. Come on. And I think we've all talked about it. You know, I remember growing up being afraid of the gates of hell, like they were coming at the gate. Ooh, the gates of hell are coming. And I heard, we've all heard it. A preacher yeah. said, like, the gates are a defensive weapon. We, the church yeah. is offensive. Yeah. And we are, and, and hell cannot stop a church built on the on the truth of Jesus and the presence of his spirit 
I just kicking butt and taking names. And I believe the motive isn't to be in fear, but go, I believe that we, we we're wise, we're, we're, we're cunning, we're, we're, we have wisdom, but I feel like we're here to make a difference. Yeah. When I think about spiritual things, it's not to what can it protect me from, but what trouble can it get me into? <laughs> what, what where, where can we where can we just change culture and change the world and rescue people and free them from their shame and their yes. sin and i think it's motive of it's like driving a car people that never drive because what if you get in an accident yeah but you'll never see you'll never see you know these things you can see with this adventure and me and me and me and brent were ubering in london in january if we were afraid of cars the adventures we would have missed out on in london i think it's the same thing with the spirit realm is it's yeah. not it's not equal it's about, it's not uh, dark and, and, and light are equal. It's about, there is an enemy, but there mm-hmm. is a God that's called us, equipped us, and there is stuff for us to do. I think it goes back to motive. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I'd like to jump in and say that um, the book of Colossians chapter three hey. and the book of Ephesians chapter five. Uh, and in, in both of those chapters, there's a very similar instruction for, for Paul. He talks about getting together, singing spiritual songs, hymns, psalms, getting together in, as a community and doing those things. But there, there's a slightly different, um, different instruction, uh, depending which, which book you're looking at. In Colossians, Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Mm. So he emphasizes the word. In Ephesians, he says, be filled with the Spirit. You have to have both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have the Holy Spirit filling you with no word. You don't give the Spirit anything to work with. If you fill yourself with the Word of God but no Holy Spirit, there'll be no power on the Word. Come on. I just want to say to anybody who is that feeling freaked out about it, I want to go back and say, hey, greater is the one who is in you than he who is in the world. And the way you get that in you is the word of Christ dwelling in you? Yeah, got to happen, and be filled with the Spirit. Yes, yeah, it's so good. Word. I would say uh, first thing I would I would tell you before you go to bed tonight, or you might be t- if you might be tempted to be afraid, is this is what I've had to learn. The first thing that was that set me free from fear was finally learning that. The devil and God are not equal and opposite. Yes. They're not, they're not, if the, if the enemy has convinced you that this is a, yes, this is a war in the effect that there is a, there is a force that is against the will of God, but don't get it twisted. This isn't some war where there's these two equal sides that are battling it out and that you don't know who's going to win. Like mm-hmm. with all due respect to brother Carmen and the champion, you know, uh, there's this scene where Jesus and the devil are fighting and Jesus, check out the song later. If you want go on YouTube, Carmen, the champion. Anyway, but there's this part where like the devil yeah. knocks Jesus down and Jesus is down for the count, but then he gets back up and it's a, it's an homage to the, to the resurrection, I'm sure. And stuff, but like, it's, it's not even. It's yeah. not, it's not no. even, it's not close. And like you read the gospels and like demons are terrified of Jesus. They're terrified of him at his word. He can snap. He can just, they, he can eviscerate them. He's the one who holds up all things by the word of his power. He can, he, he can Thanos them. Bop. 
gone, right? Like that's what Jesus can do. It's not, the, it's not equal. Jesus wears, Jesus has all the, all the infinity stones. Like he is, and he's good. Like, so just get it, get it right though. Like just, again, I think, I think Jesus is more like Iron Man, but anyway, we'll, keep just, well no, but I'm saying no, he's no, the one that controls right. all power. Yeah. And if we're going to let Hollywood kind of rip off our minds to thinking yes. that, the devil's oh, in a yeah. pitchfork, and and if there is yeah. a devil, it's more like the exorcist, and you never know how it's going to work out. So, yes, the devil's real, and the Bible says so, and I can attest to mm. it. I can also attest that when it comes right down to it, the devil's on a leash, and the and he does nothing without without the without like the boundaries of God having set them. And yes, I don't mm. let's not get into a big, you know, theological discussion about the role of evil and all that stuff. Just know. He's God, Satan, and he's on a leash, and it's not even. And such, be free from fear. And that's such a huge piece that I think everyone gets hung up on. Yeah. If you go to bed and you let the devil, you you ha, you have more faith in the devil's ability to reap destruction than you do in God's ability to do to bring life. Yeah, and that's huge. Other thing, figure out your authority in Christ. You oh. know, right in that next that next piece, Dan, you were mentioning Ephesians. This is why Paul gives us handles to understand put on the full armor of god like mm -hmm. in your in your in your war against the enemy put on your put on the full armor of god know how you have been sh you have armor for yeah. every single attack that's mm -hmm. been given to you in christ and you know that's another message for another day but realize that you have actual authority and it's not just defensive to mike's point it's offensive we've been given a word like the word of his mm -hmm. power like we can actually yeah. We can actually do warfare and I've done it. I've, I've done, I've been involved yes. in deliverance. I've in my own home. Yeah. I mean, I was just speaking about, you know, we moved into a new house a couple of years ago. Um, and not, I don't think the people who owned it before us were bad. They just weren't me and they weren't, they weren't me and my family. And so, you know, before I moved a piece of furniture in there, I had Dan and Anthony and my friend Shola my friend Kirk Smith, and we showed up in that house and we prayed through every inch of that. And you could literally, you at a moment, we were gathered back in my kitchen around the island and you could literally feel just a shift in the atmosphere. And one of us said, he's here, mm. right? And like, it's this, and I tell that story to say, like there should be an active component. If you're a believer, like, man, keep your, keep your hand on that sword. Yeah, like yeah. don't, don't, don't get idle. There's, yeah. there's, again, I don't think there's a devil under every, every, every rock. I don't think everything that happens is demonic, but I'm telling you what, I want to lean that way. I don't want to assume that my kid's just having a bad day. I want to be sure that I've prayed mm -hmm. over him like your mother did, Mike. Like, I mm -hmm. want to be sure that if there's a funk in the air in my marriage or there's a funk in the air in my house, that is one yeah. thing. I'm very quick to take my place and mm -hmm. I'm very quick to you know, my kids having, having nightmares, I'm very quick to start walking the halls of my house and just doing, yeah. some, doing some business, mm -hmm. even under my breath, but loud enough for any powers that are around to hear yeah. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's important that we just, we stay active and get activated. Yeah. Last thought I'll say is, uh, if you have opposition, it means you're doing something right. That's good. Yeah. So it's really good. Absolutely. Yeah. There's just one one piece I just I would say is that just to clarify, not clarify really, but just to add on to what you were saying, Brent, is it is about the word, right? And that and I just I want to throw this out there. This is this is one thing that blew my mind a couple of years ago when I discovered it. Is even in that Ephesians six, 
the word for the word of God, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God is actually rhema, right? So it isn't just a intellectual. It isn't just a written down. It isn't the physical Bible, but it's the content that gets in and then outward in the declare in the declaration, right? It's actually, that's the offensive part of that is it actually must, uh, it actually must be activated. So know the word, like, oh, know the word, know the written word, know the living word, know the active word, right? And and it must, it must get in to get out. And so just really like, it's got to be, you got to know the truth. You got to know the truth. You got to know the truth, the living truth, the truth, all of it, right? And it's got to come out. It's got to be activated and you got to get it in to get it out. Yeah. Guys, this has been a ton of fun, and I think we could probably talk for uh, much longer if we wanted to. Uh, but uh, it's getting it's getting on in the day, and uh, hey, we've been come. keeping keeping it coming inside. Here's yeah, how, Mike, here's how I here's how I know it's a good conversation. I want to go read my Bible, and I want <laughs> I want to go have dreams about my future, and I want to go pray over my kids. That's a great night, come right on, there. That, hey, on. time well spent, right, mm. gentlemen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you again soon. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did and that maybe you were encouraged and you learned something too. Hey, do me a favor before you sign off. I'd love it if you'd share this with somebody, if you'd subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Help us get the word out and share more content just like this. Have a great day.